Hi there. Welcome to the Isogo TV podcast from isogostrong.com. I'm your host, Becky Hammond, and you and I gather here on this podcast to fixate on strength in our families and on our teams, because when we can start from assuming strength of each other, we can make our relationships easier. This is episode 128, and today is our third and last in this mini-series about well-being using your strengths. Well-being is a particularly challenging state to pursue right now. The mental stress alone is enough to throw it off. Yet, those who are feeling a great sense of well-being are often doing it in the only way that's good for them, through the filter of their strengths. In this episode, I got to be interviewed again by Kat Rippey of Energized Leadership. This time, all about a topic that is near and dear to my heart. You can hear it in my voice. I might have become a bit animated about it all. <laughs> it's the rhythm of well-being between your personal and professional selves. Even if we thought we could separate those spaces before, now they are much too crunched together that we have to face it. Our professional and personal selves and the well-being of that dynamic plays a huge part in our overall well-being. So we get to dive further into the third space that Murray and I explored in episode 125. And the brilliant cat even came with this, up with this amazing pie chart that we can use to truly take action on this part of our well-being. So let's dive into this last episode on well-being and strengths. Hello, cat. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so happy to be back on. I, uh, I really enjoyed our last conversation. And I thought we covered some really great tidbits that are very practical for today's mm. leaders and workplaces. And I think that we would be remiss without having an additional mm. conversation about the workplace actually being in the home place. Uh, yeah, they're a little mixed up right now, right? <laughs> yeah, so I thought we could come back and just have a conversation about how strengths can play a role mm. um, in 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 our home and in our personal life, which right now is pretty, I mean, it's always intersected, right? But right. more than ever, it is undeniably intersected uh, pretty much all of the time. So yes. I'd like to hear about uh, what you have experienced. I, I mean, I think our own personal stories probably play a pretty big role. Uh, and then what you've seen too with others that you've been working with in their work lives and how that's kind of come into play in their in their home life and how they've leveraged strengths there or where you've seen it just just anything you have that can help us think about <laughs> a little bit differently and maybe more effectively uh, at this crazy time and I, I do want to shout out right now just from a from a where we are in the mm. uh, arc of COVID we're heading into the school yeah. season which we now have clarity that school will be mostly happening for most people mm. in the home environment, at least for a period of time. So I think it's just really um, relevant at this, at this moment, but it's also, we don't really know how that's looking for people quite yet. So we're yeah. a little ahead of that curve at the moment. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think um, during this entire evolution of everything that has happened and the crisis and uncertainty that has followed and continues to exist, um, you know, I think a lot of leaders are saying, 
um, I'm spending more time with my family than I ever have in my entire life, right? Uh, which is true of people who are suddenly working from home who didn't before. Um, but there are also leaders out there, um, people who I have, have the privilege of having really coaching relationships with, who are also saying, I'm not... I'm at, I'm working from home, but I'm seeing my family less than I ever have before. Um, and so we're kind of, you know, as we talk about how we don't live siloed lives, like we, we never have, as you said, we never have lived siloed lives, like a professional life and a personal life. Like we are not, silo, can't be siloed people. We're like interconnected beings. We're one person that has these different roles that we need to play. Um, but now more than ever, they're kind of colliding together. And that has looked different for different people. Some people are like, please get me back to work. I, this is not what I envisioned my life to be was, you know, being around my family all the time. And then there's, you know, some people who are saying I, I work from home, but this, this uncertainty has provided so much extra work that I actually see them less. And so, you know, um, and then there are the situations where people, um, they don't have people at home. You know, I have a, um, a stepbrother who, he lives alone in Los Angeles. Like how difficult is that? Because you're in a place where there's a lot of restrictions or there has been, um, and you don't have a natural community that, um, that you can be a part of. And so now we're, there are a lot of people complaining about how many kids they have running in the background and their cat jumping, you know, it's like some people are feeling the opposite of like, I've never felt lonelier in my life. Um, I wish I had annoying kids to like come and distract me because, um, at least then I wouldn't be feeling so lonely. And so, you know, when we talk about professional and personal, we are talking about lots of different types of scenarios. Um, mm -hmm. and so, you know, I speak from a family where we have five kids, um, uh, they're nine and under, uh, my husband has just started a new job. It was the first time it's ever been started um, remotely. And so we do have that situation where we are all together all the time. We're wearing multiple hats in, I was going to say in a day, in a minute, you know, like we're wearing multiple hats in a minute. Um, and, um, uh, you know, and so just kind of putting it out there, that's my perspective. That's the perspective that I come from is I'm seeing more of everybody, not less. But that's not the only, um, the only professional, personal overlap that that's being experienced out there by leaders and by uh, workplaces and by team members. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for um, kind of honoring everybody in that scenario, because I do mm -hmm. think uh, this is all really related to well-being and yeah. everyone is experiencing well-being stressors in no matter what your situation is, right? Yeah. So, nobody's going through this as <laughs> business as usual where there's no changes because even if you're um, in an area that's not affected as much, if you're in a, a work environment where your work has remained steady or increased, mm -hmm. you're still getting your environment being different. Maybe your grocery store has shifted things. Totally. Maybe um, you're just not seeing people as much. You know, you can't travel. Travel is definitely right. a challenge. So there's so many changes that everybody's experiencing. And I think, that's where um, we need to, I think, first of all, recognize what's being asked of us in this moment as mm. individuals. Um, we're going through a lot. There, there's a lot of loss. And then there's also a lot of just change, which always takes so much 
um, effort and you know everybody has their own kind of with any given change you have your own uh, adapt uh, I don't want to say adaptability but you adapt differently yeah. to different some of them you're like woohoo let's go and some of them you're like oh I don't want to do that I don't want right I don't to, you know so we're all uh, we're all being stressed and challenged in different ways and that's definitely um, been shown through statistics in many different studies where stress is up significantly worry loneliness yeah. um a lot of suicide and um, abuse and domestic violence and just right. things that i think when we first saw this we're like people are like oh i wonder what's gonna happen you know and now we're kind of seeing some of those the the impacts of that um that aren't pointing towards a better sense of well-being. Um, I think some people have really taken the positive side of things and have said, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I loved these things about being stuck with my family for, you know, two months. Um, so I'm going to try to keep this one thing and, and make that a positive. But because we're now into, you know, week, month five, month six, um, I think it's starting to, those things are starting to take a toll. And we are, we are not, we are not well. We are not as well as we have been or want to be. That's, that's for sure. Absolutely. I will um, share a personal story because I think that this is important. Um, my son, who is 10, I found a note folded up in his, like he'd missed the garbage can back in uh, May, June. So kind of as we were starting to think things were going to be reopening again, right? the note said, how can I make my life better? And then he had kind of things and then they were scratched off. And then ultimately it kind of ended in, there's nothing I can do. Oh. And I saw, I saw the note and it was a big moment for me because you kind of, the reason I want to talk about this is because we need to be really knowledgeable about ourselves and where we stand, but we also need to be tuned in to those of us, to those around us, um, whether it's people that we work with or people that we live with, right. Or people who are alone and tapping into if you know somebody who's alone, who's keeping track of them? Who's tapping right. into where they are, right? Um, not everybody's going to leave a crumbled up note by the garbage can, but that is oh, a huge moment to recognize this is not working. Um, it's not working for everybody, and it takes a lot of mental effort to make an effort to figure out how to get through it in a, in a positive way, right? Yeah. To make it work for you as well as it can. Yeah. Yeah, and to realize that the that um, that feeling a little bit of hopelessness, um, which feels like a very personal feeling, impacts every area of our life. Mm -hmm. So it's not well, you know, at home I feel a little bit overwhelmed or stressed, but I'm just gonna unplug from that and I'm gonna go to work. There is no that anymore. You know, it's mm -hmm. like I'm gonna unplug from that. And I'm going to turn around and go to work, right? Like that's a very different paradigm shifting thing. Um, just today, I was actually kind of thinking through um, how strengths impact well-being. And I was just kind of doing my intellection um, number nine thing where I just like use my hair drying space to have ideas. And um, I was thinking, man, I don't, I know, I don't know, like this how, how my personal life, my professional life interact. And I mean, I guess they kind of always have, I don't know, just like having all these different thoughts. And um, while I was getting ready and thinking, 
um, my mother-in-law came in with our nine month old and who was going down for a nap and our nine month old, she saw me, she started crying. And then, so my mother-in-law took her out, she's putting her down. Then our nine-year-old came in and said, well, we're supposed to be resting, but my five-year-old brother is, you know, he's on my bed and I don't know, I can't rest. And, you know, and like just telling me the whole scenario and asking for some input and some guidance. Um, and I just kind of stopped and smiled because I was like, oh, this is it right? Like this is the interplay between my like professional internal world, getting ready for something and like navigating everything that's happened, happening in front of me. Um, the rhythm, the rhythm has shifted no matter if you, uh, what your scenario is and what your personal situation is, our personal lives and professional lives are like mushed, you know, like, like woven together. And sometimes the tapestry doesn't look so pretty on the other side. (laughs) That's not great. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, um, that's a good set. I I think, you know, I just want to say I've experienced that plenty. The left (laughs) home and work, especially when there are children involved, but if you don't have children involved, there's still a mix of you're working next to your bed or you're working at the dining room table, right? Um, do you have the space that you need to be able to kind of separate both of those lives from each other? And also when you aren't able to go out as much as you used to or in the same ways, a lot of times you can end up going more to work than you should be. You know what I mean? Where you're yes. that thing. Cause that's the only thing there is to do. Um, or on the flip side, you can have a lot of other things you have to be taken care of right now, like right. finances. And I have happen to have a couple of aging parents, which are, it's another thing. Right. And so right. you can, you can be um, solving other problems that are not part of work and taking you away from work when you should be working. So kind of that, that, flexible scheduling that people have been asking for so long, right? A long time now. Yes. (laughs) Uh, For everyone where we need to work when we can work, we need to do the other things and we need to do the other things. And how do we show up in our best way, no matter where it is we're showing up, especially when it's in different environments all the time, you know? Um, I'm curious if you've seen strengths your own or others kind of playing a role there in helping you to kind of show up in the way that you need to be showing up. Yeah. You know, let me, um, I'm going to start with, uh, you know, if you have good news, bad news, I'm going to start with bad news and then let's move to good news. Um, there's a leader who one of my managers was working for and, um, he had strengths that were, um, I would call them, high thinking strengths and high executing strengths. So somebody who um, really thrived by getting things done, who also was very much um, a people pleaser. And so just really, you know, went into the role realizing that he was going to do whatever the higher ups, you know, asked of him because it was important to him. And um, he ended up, I mean, when you talk about like working numbers of hours in a day. I mean, there were more numbers of hours in a day that he was working than he was with his family or sleeping, you know? Um, and so his relationship with his wife of, I think they had been married over 20 years, um, that were, you know, high school sweethearts. 
um, started crumbling. He had made promises to his kids about what he could do with them um, and wasn't able to follow through on those things because he would end up having something that he had to do for work. Um, and then the kicker, so now you're when you talk about different areas of well-being, like his family well-being um, was down, um, down the tubes. And then he showed up one day kind of like hunched over like this, like, you know, like got up to work and couldn't like stand up all the way. And um, it turned out that his back, he, he had, his, had thrown his back, had thrown his back out. There was like a slip disc or something, technically speaking. Um, but from an outside perspective, now this is as a coach from the person that I was coaching and this is his boss, I'm seeing um, this overdrive of these strengths um, that are bringing him to a place where he's not only destroying the personal side of his life, but he's now also destroying his body. And as a result, it made it so he couldn't show up as well. He couldn't do as well um, as a leader, certainly as a leader, um, but even in his role and his everyday duties as, um, as well. And so, you know, I say that's, that's, the, that's the bad news side of like, we can use our, our, our strengths can get in our way sometimes. Um, well, this comes so naturally to me. I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I'm just going to do more of what comes naturally to me. Well, that mm -hmm. might pause, stop, not be the best thing for your family or for your, um, role as a leader, especially when those things are so intertwined, um, yeah. and so intertwined right now. I, I, I'm guilty of that one. And, um, <laughs> I'm just going to own that right now because I, <laughs> I've been feeling it. It wasn't really until you said it, it was strengths um, being overused. It almost becomes an addiction. It's the thing right now. Mm. It's the thing that makes you feel good. And there's not a whole lot out there that's making us feel good. Right. That is so but true. Yes. I will say if somebody who runs a business and any other business owner can totally get this. What do you do? You dive into your business. How are we going to make this yeah. work? How are we going to invent? What are the opportunities? I mean, how many opportunities can you take advantage of right now? But, all of those opportunities require some level of reinvention. <laughs> right. You know, a lot of extra work to reinvent yourself, right? So all of those can um, really just become a, a, a narrow tunnel yeah. where you're just going that way and everybody else doesn't get anything, right? Yeah, and it also, yeah, like it, it, they take, um, those opportunities take a reinvention. Those opportunities also, as you're saying, that comes to my mind, and, they have opportunity cost. You know, you're, you, they are. Uh, there are things that are that you are spending while you're trying to build. If you're building in a tunnel, right? Like, if I invest in this, then I can't invest in, let's say, you know, my kids, the plan for my kids' school, or I can't, you know, help my son answer those questions for himself, right? Like, if you're so busy that you just threw the trash away then you would never know that he was asking those questions. But now you, you have this little crumpled up piece of paper gem that you can, if you want to, and if you set time aside for that, go back and say, hey, let's talk about like what feels hopeful right now. Um, but you're not gonna be able to do that without when you have that tunnel vision. Yeah, you're yeah. totally right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's a, it's a 
it's a tricky one because I think when you're in the middle of a crisis, mm-hmm. you're, you're, I don't know, you're in a, you're in a whole different kind of void of problem solving or coping or, you know, whatever it is you're going through personally, that it becomes kind of a slippery slope. You know, for me, that with that example with my son, um, they had been doing a lot of online school at the time, you know, and I actually was spending a lot of time with them in the school, but it was, it was school. And then it was me and my work, my husband and his work and their alone time or their fun time was virtual. So whether it was games or hanging out with somebody virtually, it just was not fulfilling for them. You know what I mean? Um, we, even going out for walks and stuff, it's just, it was, it's not the same for kids. Well, it's not the same for any of us really. Right. With social interaction. So I think it's a, it's a slippery slope. I think you have to watch yourself as you go through that tunnel, you know, and I think that's why this strengths conversation is so important because recognizing where you're your own enemy, recognizing where you can be your best hero is mm-hmm really critical for being able to continue to pave this path as we go through a lot of real shifts, you know, and some work is, workplaces won't come back the same way for a lot of reasons. Even the ones that are the biggest companies in our, in our country have put coming back into the office off for over well over another year. You know what I mean? So, right. and then there are those who come back and it's like, whoever wants to come can come and who doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't. That means that workplace is not the same for anyone, right? right? So things have changed kind of in a way that's not, it's it's never going to be quite like it. I shouldn't say never, but it's for a long time. It's not going to be like it was. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I have- think like your futuristic strength could say never, right? Like no matter what, it's there's something that's going to di- be different, feel different, you know, like it's just, there's going to be, yeah, gonna, there are going to be differences. Um, if you if if there is an organization that tries to go back exactly how it was, I guarantee they will fail. Um, I was working with a leader whose organization was a governmental organization. They try to do exactly that. They're like, okay, we're going back, you know, and everyone's going back, and there are no requirements uh, like one way or the other about masks. And some people felt uncertain and fearful, and some people, you know, felt fine and like relieved to be away from their families. And some people were like, oh my gosh, I had this experience of like being with my family and I loved it. And now like, why do I see like my colleagues in like, you know, working for a different organization are like still working from home and being with their kids and, you know, able to handle this. And why don't you recognize that I was still killing it, even though I was with my kids and doing all, you know, I was hitting our goals more than I ever have. And, you know, that imploded on them. The organization, as soon as, you know, one person at the company got COVID and they didn't tell everybody. And all of a sudden it was like this huge, you know, this huge thing. And then everyone went home again, but instead of feeling happy and excited about it, like they maybe were, they were like bitter and frustrated and feeling totally untrusted as an organization. And like their organization was untrustworthy. So, um, you know, if people do try to go back exactly how it was, it's just not, it's not even going to work. That's a, a great point. And I think what we all should be doing right now is really focusing on recognizing mm. and, and, and admitting, I shouldn't even say admitting it's, it's allowing room for that. The fact that people have changed. Yeah. Everyone has had some kind of change. And if you're the one who wants to go back mm. to normal, that's, I honor that because that's where you are. Right. right. But 
there's probably 50% of the people who aren't there at all. And then there's a portion of them who changed significantly in a whole different way. And so no matter what, we all just have to make room for what those changes might be and be prepared for those kinds of shifts happening for quite a while, you know, and working because it's a whole nother, kind of like another phase of that we're going to have to work through. (laughs) Right. Totally. And I think the same is true of our families, you know, as we're talking about our professional and personal lives, kind of like um, combining here, like uh, recognizing that everyone in our family might not be experiencing it in the same way or processing it in the same way or be as excited or not excited to go back to the way things used to be um, in the same way. And, um, you know, realizing that it's a process for everybody and that if we could somehow figure out how to take this crisis uh, and a crisis that we're dealing with, dealing with together as a family or as an organization or as friends and um, be better or grow because of it, which is basically the opposite of just going back to how it used to be, then we're going to come out on the other side um, stronger and better. Um, but it does take that permission of allowing everybody to be in the space that they're at, at that given moment. Right. Yeah. And recognizing too, that even though a year, if you just, you just bite off it, bite it off as one year, a year seems like a really long time. Right. And the same things, it's really not right. Right. So kind of, we're going through an evolution. It's kind of like, it's funny. We did take a little uh, journey to Colorado and, I have family and we, we needed to be with some family. And so there's a lot of dinosaur <laughs> stuff in Colorado that doesn't exist, I guess, where I live, right? <laughs> you know, millions of years ago and how these ice ages happened over so much time, right? That you right. didn't, you were going through it. You didn't know you were going through it, right? Like, oh, your friend, the lizard, he didn't make it, but you even realize the lizards weren't alive anymore, you know, lizards didn't make it, but (laughs) (laughs) that's right. And as we've found out, dinosaurs are actually more like birds. I mean, it's very confusing when I went to the the, uh, natural history museum, I was like, wait, what dinosaurs have feathers now. I am very confused and I'm not going to be able to teach my kids about dinosaurs. So sorry about that. (laughs) It's crazy. But, but that stuff happens over so much time. And I feel like having like an ice age right now, like we're all going to, that's extreme, but it's what it feels like, right? That there is a, there's at least a a revolution, right? We go through these industrial revolution, informational revolution. We go through all these periods of time over 10, 15, 20 years. We're kind of going all at one time in one year and everyone's along for that ride in some way. And our Mm -hmm. kids are part of it too. So I think, you know, how we show up for those of us who are, who are in the workplace, you have to show up for yourself. How do you get what you need? Right. You have to show up for your workplace. What do they need? Right. No matter what your role is. Yep. Those who are in a leadership role have an extra level, but really everybody has a responsibility to be showing up there and, and honoring what's going on there. And then you have these kids, you know, when you do have a family, um, how are you helping them to get through it? What are we doing to talk with them through it? How are we helping them to see how they're showing up and what they're, how do you know, I guess the beauty is since they're in the home environment, if we have conscious language that we can use or a really intentional um, purpose on having conversations with them that we Mm -hmm. don't get to have when they're in the school environment, 
about how they think, about how they get their needs filled, about how they figure out kind of this virtual space in a way that works for them. Some are thriving and then others are just right. dying, right? Right. Melting so, away, shriveling up. <laughs> right. So how do we help give them the language? So, I mean, I think um, with strengths, I'd love to know what are some overarching kind of strengths concepts that can be helpful mm as we manage these kind of different roles or different experiences that are, that are in one environment, right? Mm. Mastering parenthood is one, usually that's one thing. We do yes, that. That's the separate thing. Right. And then being a good leader, that's another thing. And then, yeah, like, yeah, all the, or yeah, meeting my goals. That's another thing, right? Like all these different things that kind of have traditionally fallen in different spaces, even though we know we're one person, you know, well, yeah, but you could like separate them out. Um, a colleague of mine, Murray Guest, has this concept that he's been talking about recently called the third space. And um, what that is getting at is that you have, let's say, two primary spaces. You have your workspace, space one, and then you have your home space, space two. And in the past, you traditionally, you like, you know, maybe you commuted to that first space, you were uh, there committed to that first space, and then you leave and you're now then in your home space. And, you know, we tried it. It, it didn't always work. Let's not like rose colored glasses, like, you know, the back, like we all often things were, you know, answering calls and like, you know, things were spilling over or you're staying late or whatever it was. Um, but typically it was like this home space or workspace and home space. Um, and then there's also this third space, that place that you went to, to um, rejuvenate, reconnect, re-energize. Um, and maybe, you know, on the last episode, we talked about like mountain biking, right? Like maybe that's your thing or it's reading, maybe that's your thing, but it was something that's not at your workspace and it's not your family space, but it's in a different place, a different space. And I think what's happened over this last, you know, five or six months is that those spaces have slowly like merged together. And the third space um, has really gotten crunched out because all of our extra time is kind of taken maybe in um, balancing the two or figuring out like mental energy, figuring out like, well, how am I going to keep doing, you know, how are my kids going to be at home and I'm going to continue on um, with my professional life. And so um, the third space um, is, is kind of getting neglected. And so from a strengths perspective, um, I, you know, I just uh, back that up one second to say the same is true of our kids, right? Like they used to have, for the most part, we homeschooled this last year. So I guess we were like a little ahead of the curve. Like we were kind of all like mushed together anyway. But um, like for the most part, like kids, are, their school space is one space and their home space is another space. And never the two shall meet for kids, especially in junior high and high school, right? Like that's like devastating when those two things kind of come together. Well, now like there is no choice. They are together. And so, um, their third space, whether, you know, that was just spending time with their friends or, um, you know, maybe it's video games, maybe it was their extracurricular activities that have been canceled, you know, their music or their sports. Um, and now that third space has also been, also been, um, restricted and constricted. So the way our strengths comes into that 
third space, whether it's kids at home, whether it's our own personal and professional lives, is um, that figuring out, and we kind of talked about this a little bit during our Strengths and Wellbeing podcast, figuring out, you know, what is it that makes you, what, what, what was that third space for you? What did you do that made you filled up be filled up besides what was coming from work and what was coming from home and how can you get more of that? Um, and based on who you are through your strengths, it's going to look different. You know, if you're someone who loves to think you're going to, you know, I mean, actually Kat, you've shared before, like sometimes doing something is like sitting on the couch and thinking about stuff, right? Like you're going to be the most productive when you're doing that. Well, if that, because your kids are home and your husband's working from home and you're working from home and you're thinking about how to reevaluate, you know, your business and how to, you know, recreate, invent yourself, like that couch third space ends up getting crunched out. And so as an individual, how can you like look into those energy pockets, look into your strengths and say, where's my third space and how do I get that back? Love that. That's that's really useful. And I think it's funny. I've never thought of life that way, but it's so true. And one of the things I did that was actually really useful with the family, um, pretty early on during the stay at home orders was I put a a chart up on the wall Mm. and I assigned everybody a meal. There's four of us. So this was kind of easy. Everybody had one meal per day. And then the other person had dish duty. Okay. And, and then we would decide together what kind of meals you did. And they were appropriate to your age, age. or ability stage. level. Yes. <laughs> and, and then there was a rule that if you didn't like what was cooked, you could go get, you know, whatever your default of choice was, which is a hot dog and other people is a pizza, you know, who knows, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so sandwich, whatever it was. So you can help yourself to your own option, but one person was in charge of it. And I could not believe, because I went from frustrated, right? Right away. It was like, oh my God, I can't do all the, and I've heard this from so many people, the yes. dishes. Oh my God. Yes. The meal. We never have ever had lunch at home together. You know what I mean? Right. Totally. So, <laughs> I like it. It was like, hey, this can't go on like this. We're not getting anything done. So that helped. And I couldn't believe how everybody felt, um, I guess, like clarity and control, Mm. (laughs) um, productive. Like they felt like they were, they were contributing value to the family. My 10 year old who would never touch, he's a boy. So he really was not into the cooking thing. He didn't want to do it, but his first meal, which was a super simple, you know, packaged meal from Trader Joe's. Right. Right. He was like, good. Was it good? Did I do good? He was so proud. How cool is that? So, the whole story there is the chart and being able to really assign and think mm. through things that we need to do as a family, as opposed to one person taking all of that responsibility. What I was starting to see was a pie chart for this third space, workspace, mm. um, home space. Oh, home and space, yeah. put a pie chart on a wall and really have a conversation. Sorry, I'm a visual, so I always yes. have. Let's put a pie. <laughs> we have vision boards and plan boards no. <laughs> but have that pie chart where we can be intentional and have a conversation mm. every week and also kind of be starting to think that way that everybody can then start to take their own responsibility for hey my 
my third space is getting neglected. I need to take care of it, you know, and, wow. and calling attention because it's amazing how much people, and you know what, I say this about kids, but it is the same thing in the workplace. Hmm. If you're working with other people and you just bring something out and I always say, you know, you put it on the board. It's not about me. This is about a thing called third space. Yes, you know that's what I mean? Right. Like totally as its own thing and everybody gets to contribute in their own way people respond in a way that um, is really helpful for the collective, right? Where everybody's on the same page, everybody's speaking the same language, everybody's been able to get what they need, they've been able to say what they need, and now we can all move forward together as opposed to I'm fighting for that and nobody knows I'm fighting for it and I'm frustrated and angry or depleted or or I just disappear because I need to get away. Right. right. I'm, I find me like slumped down on the couch underneath the blanket. So hoping that nobody sees me. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. And, and that whole, like putting it out there, like we're talking about this thing, it like makes it not personal. There's less room for defensiveness. It's not like, you know, you, you don't put up these barriers. I mean, the same thing can be true said of, um, understanding yourself through um, a language like strengths finder, something that's like external to you to say like, okay, we're talking about these things out here. We're not talking about you, even though of course we are talking about ourselves when we're talking about the pie chart with a third space. That's my third space, right? We are talking about ourselves, but there's something about it that then like clarifies terms and makes it so that yeah. it doesn't feel as personally attacking on the people who are kind of bristling a little bit. Right. And I love if you go back to our last conversation um, where we really talked about needs and mm-hmm. the question that you put out there about um, when was the last time you felt great or what, you know, what are yeah. the things that you are doing when you're feeling fulfilled? I could almost up. ask that question about every one of those spaces because mm. if we leverage our strengths more frequently, we have, we feel better. We're more productive. We have more energy, right? So if you took each one of those spaces and really had kind of that strengths conversation, how am I, how am I making sure that it's an equal third (laughs) and I'm covering all three? How do I make sure that I'm operating in my strength zone in a positive way? The majority of the time in each one of those, it's a great way to kind of keep yourself um, calibrated and also in that positive Space as opposed to just kind of ending up somewhere where you don't intend to be, right? Right, totally. And where people can, who know you well, can feel free to comment without it feeling super personal, you know, where we can Mm -hmm. use the strengths language so that it doesn't feel like an attack, but rather it feels like, no, we've given ourselves permission to talk through this together in this way. And so now I can be more receptive to, you know, my husband saying, wow, um, your achiever, maybe do you, do you, how do you think your achiever's doing at work? You know, when he like sees my pie chart and it's like, you know, this much is at work and the rest is, you know, a little bit at home and, you know, probably no third space. So, um, we can have dialogue conversations and dialogues like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so hard to, um, well, it's just unnatural to have conversations about our needs. And yeah. when we have a conversation, it's usually seen as very selfish or it feels selfish, right? Um, I'm not getting enough yada yada. You know, I don't have enough time for sitting on the couch and thinking. Um, 
well, why, why do you think you have time for that? There's dishes to be done and there's right. work to be done. And, um, but I think if we can tune in to what those needs are for mm-hmm. us individually in order to be our best, in order to feel positive and have, have happiness, essentially, yeah. at the end of the day, right? Right. If we recognize that everyone has different ones, then they're not so personal. It's not so, um, I don't know, I want to say like tit for tat, right? Like, well, if you get time on the couch, then what do I get, you know? Yes, totally. <laughs> what is your thing? What do you need? I need to not judge that too. If it's time on in your workshop or time workshop in the garage kind of thing, you know, or right. um, time for a walk or time at the gym, you know, a lot right. of well, that's not really a thing right now, but some kind of physical activity <laughs> for right. a lot of people. My husband, don't tell him I'm telling you this, but he, he's kind of like a two hour guy. And I'm like, can't you just do 20 minutes? Like <laughs> it's two hours or I'm or not nothing. doing any physical. Activity. Okay. You know? And I'm like, there you go. 20 minutes somewhere little by little, I'll, you know, but you know what? That's your thing. That's your thing. Go do yeah. your thing. Yeah, get better. your get your third space. Let's let's put, let's show me that pie chart, and we'll be all be on the same page. <laughs> well, that was great. Um, any other tidbits or tips that you've seen work well for yourself or others as as you're managing the? Um, you know, I think um, this is. I think the only thing that comes to my mind is that this situation that we're in right now where our lives are all of our spaces are kind of collided um i think it's giving us an opportunity to really recognize if we are the same person at home as we are at work um i know i'm sensitive to that when i'm you know i do a lot of um, social media promotion and things like that and i can feel like i'm a different person and as my kids watch me do these things, I'm conscientious that I show up for them. Like I show, like I show up for my clients or for my potential customers. Um, I don't want to be giving them my leftovers when I'm like all positive and optimistic and stuff for my, my community at work. Um, And so I think that this, collision is giving it's I mean it's giving me that and I hope it's giving other people that that opportunity to reflect on that like who am I who who am I I mean I'm really okay that's like a question for like 12 more podcasts right but like who who am I at work and who am I at home and are those things consistent um I had a professor in um uh in business school who said that she just she wanted her kids and her colleagues to say the exact same things about her and I just, I, that always just kind of resonated with me because I, I think I just had a, I had a, um, a inclination to turn it on and turn it off. And what would it look like if I, if I didn't do that? Maybe it would take a lot more energy, but maybe it just would mean I need to be more creative about how I approach the, my family or what I'm thinking about when I'm with my family um, so that I can show up in as good of a state of mind with them as I am with everybody else that I experience in my work world. There's another one. You're killing me today. (laughs) (laughs) This is what coaches do, you know. (laughs) (laughs) 
can't help it. Um, yeah, I, I think what, you know, what at the very beginning, I meant to say this and I forgot, and this is coming up again, your kids, if, when you are, well, whoever's in your home environment is seeing right. you That's at true. work and they don't necessarily always see you at work. And the other thing is, um, I was having another conversation with someone else about the virtual reality of today, which is, which is always an issue. It's, it's a big conversation to have, even regardless of COVID, but yeah. clearly it's so much more significant um, in the workplace. I'm sorry, in the home being the workplace. Yes. And then everybody working online and schooling online. And so um, one of the things I recognized early on in my time working from home, not even just for COVID, but before COVID, when I would work at home, um, the kids are very, actually anybody, when you're on a device or when you're, it's mainly like a phone device or even a computer, but when you're on it, you are, um, you're obviously not with them, but you're also right. kind of putting them off, right? So if you've ever been to lunch with somebody and they answer the phone while they're at the table, they look at their phone while they're at the table, yeah. it's, it's almost like a full rejection, right? Yeah. It's not just they're checking their phone. It's like, that's a whole conversation I am not in. I am excluded from that conversation. And so why should you be having that conversation right now? Right. Mm -hmm. You're waiting for your wife to go into labor. That's a different story. You make room for that. You know? <laughs> exactly. But, other but you that, said it ahead of time and there's a common understanding. And yeah. <laughs> but your kids are seeing that. And so when mm -hmm. you're on your device, you're, you're telling your kids that you're not with them. And I think that that line is so hard when we're working in the home environment yeah. because I'm trying to reject you. I'm not choosing my phone or social media over you right now. I'm literally doing my work, but because I'm doing it in front of you, mm. I'm, I'm at the same time rejecting you. They don't have that right. same kind of boundary that we do with our significant others or other adults in the workplace. I mean, right. in the home, home workplace. Home workplace. <laughs> and so I <laughs> Yeah, the, whatever we're calling it now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think um, I think it's important to to kind of have those boundaries and also and to recognize them, but to have conversations about them and how can we do those things in a way where we can show up more fluidly between the environments in a positive way. Does it mean right. you take a break? Does it mean you shut a door? Right? right. Does it mean you do yeah. some things outside? Um, or even just putting up a piece of paper. I actually noticed it's a big difference. We don't normally do papers unless we're like recording something, right? But right. my husband and I both will put up, <clears throat> well, in the past we would put up a note. Well, actually in the past, the kids weren't even home. Um, but for each other, sometimes we put up a note. Mm -hmm. If you're like on an important call and you don't want right, to right. It says such a different thing than not having a note up and then they're trying to get in and you're like shut you stop yeah, you know totally direct impact then hey i'm busy right now and it's not about you it's about work right <laughs> not seeing any messages to get work done <laughs> yeah i love that um i love that like space like maybe it's a door or maybe you don't have a lot of doors in your house and it just needs to be a sign you know that's like mama's at work or, you know, like that's, that's the sign so that it's not personal. Cause when you leave for work, they're not taking it personally. You know, like if you go work with a client at their, you know, like 
in your previous life where you are actually going out and working with people, like they're not like, oh, my mom's ignoring me. No, they're like, my mom's at work. Well, how can we, yeah, how can we do that a little bit more fluidly? Um, I think that's a, that's a worthy conversation to have. It is definitely, um, definitely. And I think at the crux of what you were saying is how do you, how do you also manage yourself so that you can show up best in each one of those environments? And I think one of the things is when you are managing a lot at the same time and playing different roles at the same time, you're also potentially answering a work message while you're preparing lunch because you have to. (laughs) Right. So you're on all the time. It's kind of, you know, we always had yeah. some of that going on, answer, answer messages in the middle of the night or whatever it was for different people. Um, but at this point you're doing that more than ever. And you right. probably kind of need to, because you're taking more time to do your own personal stuff in the middle of the day than you probably were before. And okay. so then you are going to be able to check in at seven or eight o'clock at night or whatever that time is for right. you where you can get stuff done or good for you. You took an hour to go for that walk you needed at two or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. you made that room in yourself, but you have to get your work done. When is that getting done? You know? So I think when you blur your boundaries too, in terms of when you're working, um, that can equally, it just makes everything very confusing for everybody. Who are yeah. you right now at this moment? What are you doing? What can I expect of you I, right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why did it suddenly change? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> minutes ago, it was fine. You know? <laughs> exactly. Totally. Yep. I'm guilty of that for sure. So in terms of, um, I guess, boundaries, I would say the same thing then. You had mentioned on the other call about the importance of scheduling time. Any tidbits on scheduling, um, scheduling boundaries, but scheduling setting, boundaries. <laughs> setting boundaries, whether they're scheduled or not. Um, in, in terms of the kind of home environment, but also then also in the workplace, because at work, we're not, we're working, but we're working at home. And is anybody even aware of what boundaries we're trying to set, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, in the summary of these things that we're kind of pulling together on, as we chat about, um, you know, professional and personal intermingling, um, you know, investing in that third space. I mean, this pie chart concept and like having a visual to me is like, boom, that's your takeaway. Like make a pie chart, talk to your work about it. You know, I mean, your teams, like how valuable would that be if as a leader, you brought that type of concept visually to your team and said like, Hey, I, I want you to invest in all three of these spaces. Yes. I'm in this one piece of this pie as your leader, but you have these other pieces that are just as important, if not more, um, to your overall well-being. And so um, I think, you know, when you talk about creating boundaries, having that type of a conversation will start to create boundaries because you are uh, creating a dialogue that people are feeling willing and trusting you as a leader or you as a parent or you as a partner or a friend to be able to have that type of a conversation with. So, um, I'm like pie chart, bam, that's our takeaway. (laughs) Our three spaces pie chart. (laughs) Love it. And then, you know what, similar to our last call conversations, right? Having the actual conversation 
both in your home environment and your work environment about making that space that you need to be your best self, whether it's in what you're doing, like um, yeah. productively, or whether it's in how you're filling up your own kind of well-being buckets and your um, operating, leveraging your strengths in ways where you're able to feel good about yourself and have a little bit more energy to get through. I think it's one thing to think about it for ourselves, but when we're doing it collectively, yeah, it makes it a lot easier for you to get what you need too, because now everybody's on board doing the same thing, you know? Totally. Yep. Yep. Loving that. Yep. Um, does it work for the nine month old Becky? <laughs> um, so fortunately this particular nine month old likes to sleep a lot. So she gets a lot of third space. Let me just say that. <laughs> so, uh, as long as we never move her from the dark closet that she is in, I think, um, everything will be fine. <laughs> Let's end on that one. If we all just get a little more sleep, we'll probably yeah, be a actually, lot better that, off. That's probably, uh, that's probably part of that third space right there. <laughs> Yeah. all right awesome well thank you so much for taking the time again yeah. i'm so glad that we kind of dug it home front because i think that uh it's critical and uh and hopefully we'll see a lot of what we are i mean i have to say honestly maybe i shouldn't say this but it's a little bit nice that the crisis is lasting a little longer because you can see we're going into a new part of the evolution, which is yeah. really making it work. And so for what we figure out how to make work, that stuff's going to be able to stick a lot longer and, uh, and really play an, a significant role in our future. So yeah, looking forward to digging in and uh, making it work. Yeah. <laughs> and seeing, and seeing what's in store. I think there's a worthy conversation to be repeated um, a year from now, even to see like, you know, where do we, where did we, what did we think were our tools and what did we end up being able to do to cope? And where are we now? Um, could be a really cool conversation yeah. to, to continue on as, um, as life unravels in front of us, <laughs> not in a bad way. <laughs> All good things. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you. Have a great uh, rest of your day and appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Talk to you later, Kat. All right. Anytime. Bye. I'm so doing that pie chart. What a great visually way to talk about the different spaces that we are and our priorities in life and really in a disarming and authentic way. Loving that as a takeaway for this episode. This concludes our brief series on the influence of your strengths on your sense of well-being in your life, your leadership, your work, your home. If you missed either of the previous two episodes, definitely check those out and get a full picture of what's possible in your well-being, even in crisis, when you use your strengths. If you and I aren't already connected in other places, I would love to connect with you on Instagram and LinkedIn, where we can continue this conversation around strengths in families, teams, well-being. On Instagram, you can find me at IsoGoStrong, and on LinkedIn, you can find me by Becky Hammond. Finally, before we sign off with each other, let's talk a little bit about your strengths for a quick second. If you don't know your top five Clifton strengths from the Strengths Finder yet, or if you do know them, but maybe you haven't done too much with them yet, these strengths of yours can truly be your keys to well-being during this time. 
I'd love to help give you a jumpstart as your virtual coach. In an email coaching series for me called Strength Startup, you'll get insights into your talents and strengths as well as some action that you can really take to make relationships easier around you in stress and beyond. So if you go over to isogostrong.com slash strength startup, you can check it out. There's two options there. One, if you already know your top five strengths and one, if you have yet to discover them. So you can choose the track that's best for you. And because you've joined us in the Isogo TV community, please use this code for a discount. Virtual coach five for $5 off. That's a virtual coach and the number five for $5 off. I'd be honored to get a chance to get to know you and your strengths and, and help you get a kickstart to greater well-being through your top five strengths. You know, you and your strengths, they really do have the power to make a ripple effect in your family, on your team, and then ultimately across the entire world. The world needs your strengths. So learn them, love them, and live them in your own circles of influence. Until next time, on Isego TV.